Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, a guitar case full of guns, Selma Hayek naked, rocket launchers, awesome music, mariachis, and piss jokes. Listener discretion is advised. I stopped paying attention after Selma Hayek naked. Good point. Soy un hombre muy honrado que me gusta lo mejor A mujeres no me falta ni el dinero ni el amor Jineteando en mi caballo por la sierra yo me voy Las estrellas y la luna ellas me dicen dónde voy Me gusta tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el son Mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardientes lo mejor También el tequila blanco con su sal le da sabor Ay, 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 mi amor Ay, mi morena de mi corazón tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el sol, el mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción, me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardiente es lo mejor, también el tequila blanco con su sal de la sabor ay, 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 ay ay, ay, mi amor ay, mi morena de mi corazón ay, 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 ay ay, ay, mi amor ay, mi morena de mi Episode 5. Piss Chango. That's my brand. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Spyrokin Movie Review. I'm your host, Zan. I'm Cal. And hope you guys are doing good. For those who don't know, Spyrokin side that provides information and reviews about movies. What happens is every episode we'll tell you a bit about a movie, what it's about, what it's like, if the movie's worth watching, if the movie sucked, and hopefully you'll get, take something away from it. You don't have to agree with anything we say, but two things. One, we're free. And second, I heard we're a little entertaining, just a little bit. Yeah. You if you don't like it, we will personally return to you all the money you spent listening to this podcast. Well, all the money you spent to listen to this podcast. Only valid in 24th Dimension or any state starting with letter X. Yeah, take that part out. And also, any rights reserves and information can be found at the bottom of the page. You can check us out at www.spirekin.com or http colon slash slash spirekin.podbean.com. You can email us at zan at spirekin.com or spirekin at gmail.com we're on twitter under spirekin and if you have an xbox live account we do play under zan space spirekin and hopefully some other people will put spirekin at the end of their gamer tags eventually maybe we'll know so how you doing i'm okay a little tired yeah it's a fucking long day yeah late night oh yeah we usually record late at night for various reasons kind of adds to the ambiance and also makes our brains a little more looser and a little more relaxed so we can pick up shit which usually doesn't happen like when we did weekend at bernie's we noticed things like the fact that uh well that was the bernie's episode which yeah. was like three episodes ago 
And so, like I said, Cal's back again for his third episode, and the last two were interesting, especially that, that last episode. But, again, we're getting off topic. So, since there's not much news in the movie world, and also because of the fact this is like being recorded way, way in advance, and everything we say is going to be insanely dated anyway, let's get on with the review. So, if you remember from the last episode, I said we're going to review something a little more macho and manly, because, honestly... Even though Bill and Ted is a really cool movie, it's not that macho, it's more stoner humor. But, getting off topic. So, me and Cal decided to review something a little interesting and a little more, well, how would you describe it? Badass? Oh yeah, this is one of the most badass movies ever. And, uh, this movie was written a long, long time ago in a place far, far away in Mexico. And it was written by Robert Rodriguez. And directed by... Robert Rodriguez and produced by Robert Rodriguez and starring not Robert Rodriguez but <laughs> but he edited it edited by Robert Rodriguez yes and music by Los Lobos and Tito and Tarantula and this movie came out originally back in the day in 1995 starring Antonio Banderas, Hakim de Almeida, Salma Hayek, Steve Buscemi, Cheech Marin, Quentin Tarantino, Tito Laveri and Danny Trejo and, well, this movie is actually a... You could say it's a remake, but it's a sequel of an older film that Robert Rodriguez made back in, I think, the 80s or 90s, early 90s? Probably the early 90s. Yeah, and it also has an interesting sequel with a similar premise. All of them essentially the same story, but a little better. And this movie from 1995 is... Desperado. Now, for those of you who have never seen Desperado before, one, you're probably not Hispanic. Because <laughs> if you are Hispanic, it is a prerequisite to have this movie on Blu-ray or on DVD. Yeah. It really is. You either have to have the regular edition, the special edition, the one which I have, which is El Mariachi on one side and Desperado on the other, or you have to have the ultimate trifecta, which is the super El Mariachi set, which I think comes with a guitar case. Oh, that's probably cool. I wish I had that. Yes. And it's, like we said, a sequel to El Mariachi, which came out in 92, I think? 92, yeah. And Sounds then about right. there was another one. Uh... Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yes, starring Johnny Depp, I think. Well, Antonio Banderas, still starring Antonio Banderas. Johnny Depp's in it. Well, he, he was in it more than Antonio Banderas was. I think that's because it was Johnny Depp, and he's like... You know, a lot of people didn't like the Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I thought it was awesome. It was a cool movie, and the fact is they were supposed to make a sequel with The Guy With No Eyes. Right. Because this, this is Robert Rodriguez's Man With No Name trilogy. This is his Western, because this is a Western it's an action adventure, but it's it's a it's a modern western. Yeah. Because about the guy, lone gunman who has no name, you don't know what he's about, and he's on a kick for fucking revenge. And to sum up the first film, so basically in, in the first film, he basically falls in love with a girl. He falls in with the wrong crowd, more or less, and the drug kingpin of the little Mexican town in the area. He goes on a vendetta. El Mariachi goes on a vendetta against him, and this drug kingpin ends up killing his girlfriend and shooting El Mariachi, who's not played by Antonio Banderas in that movie, that's why I don't refer to him as Antonio Banderas, shoot him in the hand, which is very devastating to someone who, you know, is a mariachi singer and uses yeah. his hand to play the guitar. And the whole situation was a mistaken identity, because what happened was that El Mariachi put down his guitar case, went to a bar, which looks exactly the same bar as this in this movie, except for like one difference, but what happens is he puts down his guitar, and this other guy who's gone in to get revenge on the villain named Moco, puts his guitar next to El Mariachi's guitar, and he picks up the wrong guitar. So Moco ends up having a guitar, and El Mariachi ends up having this guitar case full of 
guns and grenades and brass knuckles, which are never used. <laughs> I always wonder, I was like, why does he have fucking brass knuckles? Oh, just in case of emergencies. True. So, Desperado opens up with a guy who is credited as Buscemi, as as we all know, it's this ugly troll of a man, Steve Buscemi, great actor, does a lot of cool roles, walks into this bar. Now, this, I know this sounds like an opening to a joke. Steve Buscemi walks into a bar and suddenly he pulls out his pants and... <laughs> Oh, it's late. Guys, give us a break. <laughs> Steve Buscemi pulling down his pants. <laughs> you, know, you know I'm putting the sensor right there. I'm putting the like, boop. Excuse me. But either way, so he walks into the bar, and he sits down, and the customers in this bar, and also the bartender and his stoolie, are pretty much giving him dirty looks, and they're just treating him like shit. And he says, hey, you got any beer? And he's like, I just got piss warm chango. And the bartender, played by one of the greatest of all Mexican actors... Cheech Marin. With a mustache, mind you, because this was after he shaved his mustache for Nash Bridges, which, it's not the same without the mustache anymore. I mean, when I saw the new video for Cheech and Chong's uh, Watch This Man, the new movie they did, it's just not the same because he doesn't have his mustache anymore. <laughs> just freaking do, like, uh, Groucho Marx, paint it in, something. <laughs> but this movie, he has a thick mustache. And what happens is he's sitting there... And they're just not even paying attention, and Steve Buscemi starts talking about this story. So basically what Steve Buscemi goes on about is, he's talking about he was a few towns over, and this biggest Mexican he's ever seen walks into this bar filled with shady-looking characters, totally unlike the class acts that are in this joint. Yes. And he's, he basically, this guy walks in and goes to the bartender, whispers something in his ear, and says something... Bitch. What is it? Bucho. Bucho. And as soon as Steve Buscemi's character mentions the name Bucho, everybody in this bar looks up and now they're giving him their attention. So now they really want to see what this guy has to say. So he goes on to tell about how this biggest Mexican he's ever seen walks into this bar and, you know, he's asking about Bucho and then all of a sudden everybody pulls guns on him. And long story short, he kills the fuck out of everybody in that bar. Except Steve Buscemi, who... Yeah, except Steve Buscemi, who's been watching the entire thing. The only guy left breathing on the floor besides the bartender, the, the biggest Mexican he's ever seen, goes over and basically pumps this guy for information and, you know, finding more information about Bucho. And on, on his way out, he kills the bartender who was going to shoot him in the back. And Which is different to any other movie, because every other movie, the bartender fucking lives! Yep. Not in this movie, though. So, long story short, Steve Buscemi just scared the living shit out of these guys in this bar, and he just leaves. But before that, they try getting information, saying, look, we'll give you some more beer if you tell us his name. And he's like, thanks, but no thanks. I'm getting the fuck out of here. You guys are screwed. Yep. And he walks away, and he's like, what the fuck? And so this ends up with one of the best opening sequences in a long time. One of my favorite parts of the entire movie, the opening uh, title sequences, this really cool music scene with Antonio Banderas playing the lead role, and uh, he's backed up by two other mariachi singers. One of them is the... Uh, Albert Michaels, Mikel Jr., and Carlos Gallardo. And uh, who, one of these guys you'll know, he's played the lead in... Uh, actually, Carlos is the one who played the lead in uh, El Mariachi, which was also written and directed by Robert Rodriguez, as we mentioned before. So that's kind of a cool little, uh, you know, not Easter egg, but reference, I guess. Yes, you know? and also the 
other interesting thing is the fact that even though Los Lobos did the music, you have Antonio Banderas actually singing, and he's yeah. got a great voice, unlike us. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Who, if we ever get to the infamous Mamma Mia episode, yes, I have to review this because women like it. But Pierce Brosnan has a shitty voice, a really shitty voice. One one thing to mention about El Mariachi before we move on, just it was a low budget independent movie, Spanish language movie, and uh, that's why a lot of people have never seen it. I think I think I might have listened to the commentary of the movie or something, and that movie was done for like ten thousand dollars or something. It's and crazy. it shows it's still a good movie though. Yeah, it was good, his first film. Good movie, yeah. But uh, so basically, this this movie is remake, semi semi remake, semi sequel of El Mariachi. And at the end of this opening title sequence of Desperado, you basically see that this it was all a dream sequence of Antonio Banderas' character, and he basically remembers back to the last scene of El Mariachi, or the climax of El Mariachi, where he sees his girlfriend dead, and Moco shoots him in the hand, and that wakes him up. And, and the uh, thing is, they got the actual actor who played Moco and the actual actor who played Dominica, I believe yeah. that's her name, and it's shot verbatim, except the only difference is it's Antonio Banderas with his black jacket on instead of... Uh, the other guy with the wife beater on. Yeah. Going, no! Yeah. Very, very cool for fans of the first movie. Anyway, so that's how the movie opens, and the song is great. I really love the song. So, I liked it. So now, the movie starts getting into the into the plot, and we see that Steve Buscemi is actually friends with Antonio Banderas' character. He's been going from town to town, bar to bar, to see who knows where Bucho is, and to try to kind of be like, what the hell? Yeah, he's basically pumping all these locals for information and relaying it back to... Antonio Banderas say, okay, these guys know about Bucha, now you need to go investigate. Yeah. But try not to turn it into another bloodbath. Yes. Which, of course, it always going to turn into a bloodbath. And the thing is, we meet Bucho, who's played by Joaquim de Almeida, who, he's a very good actor, and he's sinister is the way he is, because he's very, like, I'm a nice guy, I'm a murderer, but I'm a nice guy. Like, at one point, there's a wedding, and he walks across to the wedding, gives the bride and groom, like, a thousand dollars in cash. Like, there you go. Typical. You've seen this in other movies before. The crime boss of a particular region is sort of feared, but semi-loved by, you know, the locals, and he just rules with an iron fist. And Yeah, and the thing was, the subplot is that he's being investigated by other crime syndicates, because he's a smaller fish in a bigger pond, and they sent somebody into town to check him out because something's going on with his work. So he's kind of like, all right, it's kind of like when you're at work and your boss says, okay, we're going to have our weekly evaluations. We're going to send someone to observe you. And you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is happening. And then you have the fact that the mariachi's coming in town, fucking everything up. He's like, okay, I have to find the mariachi and kill him, but I can't let the guy know or else I'm fucked. Yeah. And there's all saying. And one other interesting note, Raul Julia was originally supposed to be Bucho. Yeah, unfortunately, Raul Julia's last role was not as good as this movie. He was in the infamous Street Fighter live-action movie. True, unless you want to count that other independent film afterwards, but we're not counting that. Yeah, I, I thought Street Fighter was his official last role, but maybe I'm wrong. But nah, still, he, either way, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a shame that he was also a good actor, and uh, yeah, he would have probably done a great job in this role. But All right, so what happens is El Mariachi ends up going into this town, and he's just looking for information, trying to find the bar, and runs into some little kid who he teaches him guitar lessons or tries to because he can't move his hand. And meanwhile, in the bar, they're hitting on women. Yeah, pretty much. These annoying American girls come in complaining about the bar food and the service and everything, and they pretty much just couldn't care less. And this isn't a class act bar, mind you. This is like a bar you go to when you're really going to dives. Yeah. This is the 
the dive of, within dive bar subsection of bar, yes, <laughs> bars. But, but when the girl was like, well, your, your beer tastes like piss. Classic response. Because we piss in it. If you don't treat me good, I'm not going to ask you out. And your beer tastes like piss. We know. Because we piss in it. That's not all. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yes. I'll never forget that line. Yes. No matter how many times I've, uh, no matter how long it goes next yep. time I see this movie. Yes. And then from there we have two drug guys go in to drop off some drugs. One of them played by Robert Rodriguez's former best friend. Former best friend. Lately he's been hanging out more with that Eli Roth guy. Uh, but uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. In a role as a motormouth drug guy who relays a very insane joke. This reminds me of a joke. This guy comes in the bar, walks up to the bartender. He says, bartender, I got me a bet for you. I'm going to bet you $300 that I can piss into that glass over there and not spill the same thing. The bartender looks at this glass. And then we're talking about like this glass is like a good 10 feet away. He says, no, wait, let me get this straight. You're trying to tell me you're going to bet me $300 that you can piss standing over here, way over there, into that glass and not spill a single drop. Young man, you got a bet. The guy goes, okay, here we go, here we go. Pulls out his thing. He's looking at the glass, man. He's thinking about the glass, he's thinking about the glass, the glass, he's thinking about the glass, glass, thinking about his dick, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass, be the glass, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass. And then he lets it rip. And he he's pissing all over the place, man. He's pissing on the bar, he's pissing on the stools, on the floor, on the phone, on the bartender. He's pissing everywhere except the fucking glass, right? Okay, so, bartender, he's laughing his fucking ass off. He's $300 richer. He's like, ha, 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 just dripping off his face. He says, you fucking idiot, man. You got it in everything except the glass. You owe me $300, punta. Goes in the back of the bar. There's a couple guys playing pool. Looks over to them. Comes back at the bar. Goes, here you go, Mr. Bartender. Three. Like, what the fuck are you so happy about? You just lost $300, idiot. The guy says, well, see those guys over there? I just bet them $500 a piece that I could piss on your bar, piss on your floor, piss on your phone, and piss on you. And not only would you not be mad about it, you'd be happy. <laughs> it's a really bad joke, but the fact is the way that... Quentin Tarantino's delivery of this joke is just classic. I mean, perfect. The funny thing is watching him tell the joke, not necessarily the punchline. Which, I mean, the first time you ever hear the joke, if you haven't heard it before, you probably get a laugh out of it, but really the the, the key here is, is is Quentin Tarantino's delivery. And just watching Cheech Marin and I could almost yeah. envision like Robert Rodriguez sitting around just bullshitting with Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino tells him this joke, and he just basically wrote this part for him, just like. <laughs> well, I could see because every scene that Quentin Tarantino's in, he does a joke like this or makes a statement like this. Like in Four Rooms, he does that entire monologue in like a minute he's like give me a minute another good movie with Raul Rodriguez also directing Antonio Banderas in a different role yeah in four rooms but 
back to this. So what happens is then El Mariachi shows up at this bar, and at first you're like, he's like, I'm looking for work. I'm like, no work for you, man. It's like, can I get something to drink? And he says, says, is there something in the case? And he goes, yeah, my guitar. <laughs> that, that, that part's funny. Yes, and then... So he, they basically pull guns on him, and one of the just henchmen opens up the guitar case, and sure enough, there's a guitar inside. And the, uh, so everyone calms down, they drop their guns slowly, and he's like, it's, it's just a guitar. And as they're talking, <laughs> you just see the guitar top is actually a yeah, hidden compartment and it just creaks open and you see again brass knuckles grenades a sniper pistol and sawed off shotguns and the guy and the guys are just like it's him and everyone just gets angry what 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 yes it's me it's me I, i'm not against you guys so keep it down just keep it down hey i'm just looking for a man who calls Matardo. Not yet. Two hand ejected pistols pop out. Gunfight starts. Huge gunfight, one of the coolest action scenes in the movie. Oh yeah. Um one thing right before the action scene starts is, you know, he's basically trying to convince them that he doesn't want to shoot them and everything. And earlier in the movie, just before he actually set out in search of the bar, you know, you see him kind of reflecting on what he's about to do and praying and you really do get the feeling that he's not a cold-blooded killer he's not out to murder all the, he really all he wants is the boss and he really i believe that he would have been happy if he could have gotten away with not killing all these people and i think he really does feel remorse for he, he's it. a victim of circumstances because in the beginning one of the lines that steve buscemi's telling him all right it's this bar he says you never had the stomach for this yeah and it's... Keep in mind, I mean, you go back to El Mariachi, the movie, this character, he really was a mariachi singer, and he just, he, he, he never was born into this kind of life or anything, he just, you know. He just it stumbled onto him, and it's just been hell ever since. Yep. And they don't really explain how this really relates to the last movie, they don't explain how Moko was an underling to Bucho or any of this, he just says Bucho killed his girlfriend but they don't really explain it. that's one of the little minor things some people have about this but so what happens is he ends up killing everybody in the bar everyone gets killed and at one point there's a scene when he's fighting one last guy left one last man standing in El Mariachi and they're fighting they run out of bullets yeah back up pretty funny scene pick guns off the ground out of bullets do this for like five minutes and it ends up just them fighting over one gun and El Mariachi says fuck you and snaps his neck, neck. <laughs> And then from there, he walks out. One thing to mention, this movie actually is pretty funny, too. I mean, oh, yeah. aside from being great action, there's pretty funny parts in it, I, I think. No, Dialogue-wise yeah. and also uh, just, like, I guess gag-wise, you'd say, like, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And so from here on, he ends up getting injured randomly, meets this beautiful girl who's the owner of a bookstore in this one-car town. Yeah. It's kind of a failing bookstore, and then you... She ends up doing surgery on him. Yeah, because he did get shot after he left the, the bar. There's, one of the only survivors of the bar chased him down and, and shot him, wounded him, but... Uh, he killed him back. He killed him, yeah. And then from there, it just turns into a... He's falling in love with this girl, who's hotter than his last girlfriend. By far. Oh, yes. Carolina, who's much better than the, the Domino, whatever her name is. And from there, it just turns into this huge clusterfuck... And will he get revenge? Will he defeat Bucho? Well, you gotta watch it. Gotta watch the movie. It's 
pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is excellent in this film. The design of a lot of the stuff is much better than El Mariachi. I was, mean, they had a bigger budget. El Mariachi was, you know... 10000 This was a $7 million budget. Which, by these today's standard, I mean, this was 1995. By today's standards, that's kind of cheap. But, but, I mean, even back then, I mean, uh, the stuff they did with seven, $7 million bucks is amazing. I mean, there's really... I have no complaints as far as production values or anything. Yeah, no. Uh, there's a lot of good gimmicks in it, a lot of good shots which were well done. I mean, there's one character who actually, they I don't know how the hell they did this, but he's this younger brother to one of the, the right-hand man of Bucho, and he gets into this fight to in order to initiate him into the, the family. And they get into a fight, and he gets his ass kicked, and they literally see his leg get snapped in half, and you yeah. see the bone hanging out and all this stuff. I don't know how they did the special effects on that. Yeah. But... That was... I, I find that hard to watch every time I see this. Yeah, because he snaps his leg. Yeah. And then the guy on one leg uses the leg which he was broken to snap kick the guy in the <laughs> head and kill him. Yeah. You gotta watch that. That scene's crazy. But the, the, the irony is, and this is a little spoiler, but since this is over ten years old, we can get away with it. <laughs> he ends up being, I'm the new guy. I'm gonna be the man. He dies in his first firefight. <laughs> yeah. And you don't really feel too bad because he's kind of a douchebag. Yeah. Kind of has that, that douchey look to him. Yeah, there's a lot of sub-characters they introduce and it's kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Only character you feel bad about is the main characters and Teach Marin, who it's debatable if he survived because he plays another character in the sequel. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, you know what? I'm thinking about it now and I'm still undecided. I can't tell. He might have been the same character. He might not. We don't Cause know. So, so basically, in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, there's a, ca- a bartender played by Cheech Marin who has a eye patch covering his eye and Cheech Marin in, in, got in, shot in, in Desperado movie. yeah Cheech Marin gets shot in the eye and you pretty, pretty much say oh that's pretty much a hint that it's the same character but uh, it's a different eye it's a different eye the eye patch is switched actually he's not a bartender once upon a time he's kind of like just an informant talking to Johnny Depp who has that whole obsession with eating uh, cerdo de, de... I mean, in, if anything, if, if uh, in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, that could have just been like a foreshadowing thing to what ends up happening to Johnny Depp. That's true. Yeah. That's true, that's true. And we're getting deep here, man. Yes. If We sh- we were going to do the entire trilogy in one shot, but we would have been here for fucking five hours. Yeah. We thought it'd be easier to just break it up. And what else? Anything really cool happen in the movie? Oh, there is... Like, three main firefights in this whole movie, because the climax is more just kind of an emotional climax. It's really just... Just like the first movie, it's like one, two, three, done. But the three firefights... First one was the one we described in the bar. Second one was in... Was in the bookstore? Yeah, it's... They find out that Carolina is hiding El Mariachi in the bookstore, and they kind of... They go after him and, you know... Burn it down. Yeah. And it's a kind of cool scene. Could have been better. And then there is the last major fight sequence, which... What happens is that El Mariachi calls his two buddies, who are also mariachi singers, uh, with uh, you know weapon cases and yes. or, you know, guitar cases full of weapons. And it just becomes a huge firefight, and there's some nice weapons because you think, oh, they're all gonna have guns in there. No, let's not spoil it. Yeah, yeah. There's watch. a yeah. There's some interesting stuff with the with the other guitar cases. Oh Put yeah. And one one last thing, gotta mention. Selma Hayek naked. Yes, yeah, a sex scene. That's worth the price of admission, right there. Yes, it is. I mean, you only see your boobs in two shots, but they're worth it. God damn it! It's Selma Hayek at her best. It's before she kind of went ugly, Betty, and it's. Uh, oh, Selma Hayek, what happened to you? <laughs> you're still hot, but I you're think just... you're still hot. Yeah. 
Yes. But okay, so what would you give Desperado? I'm giving this the highest rating. Really, I really, really, really fucking cool. I really, really love this movie. I will have to agree with you with really, really, really fucking cool. Maybe it's the Latin blood in my <laughs> Yeah, man, it's got it's two got uh, two Latinos doing this. Yeah. It's but seriously guys, this movie, I mean fantastic action, good story, good special effects, great actors. I mean what more can you ask for? Yeah, what more can we really do? There's nothing else really to talk about this movie. I mean, we could go further into it, spoil every little nuance, and we could just go into how things are made, but we're not that type of podcast. We're yeah. just kind of... Just shooting being... the shit, and this is our opinion. Yeah, and we're just fanboying it, to be honest with you. Yeah, watch the movie. It's awesome. Yes, it is. And so, since that's done, well, remember, if you have any comments, concerns, you can email us at spyrokin at gmail.com or zan at spyrokin.com. And one more thing before we really get done with this episode... We're going to introduce the gimmick for the episode. Not just the episode, the whole gimmick for the entire podcast. Yes, and you're, you're wondering, what is the gimmick for the podcast? Because if you know from the regular podcast, the Spark and Mong Review, which we release every Wednesday, it's our parent podcast, which we have the one, the only, the, the wheel, wheel of manga. manga. That won't really work for films because, well, it's manga wheel. Yes. And to be honest with you, we want something different, something to diversify this from that. And so we've decided on something unique, something different, something insanely geeky that would be us. Yes. And so, without further ado, I'm going to be re releasing for our first time use of the one, the only, the, the dodecahedron of film. It doesn't get much geekier than a dodecahedron, folks. Yes. Those of you who know what a dodecahedron is, you know it. Yes. For those of you who don't know what the fuck a dodecahedron is, a dodecahedron is a 12-sided shape. This specifically is a 12-sided dice. Yes. Why do I have one around? Don't ask. <laughs> if you listen to our first or second or third episode, you'll know why, but this is very cool. A dodecahedron is a 12-sided dice, and what we've done is we've assigned nine titles. Nine? But 9 and 12 don't add up to each other. Exactly, because we're doing something a little different from the Spark and Manga Review. What happens is that in the Spark and Manga Review, it's 10 slots, 10 titles. This is going to be 9 titles. However, we're going to have 3 other slots, which are going to be always the same ones. So numbers 10, 11, and 12. If it rolls on number 10, what happens is the host, myself, gets to choose the title for the next episode out of the list. The one I think is going to be the best. If it lands on 11... That's going to be roll again for whoever the roller was. And if it lands on 12, the co-host for the episode will be able to pick. However, I know what you're thinking. Wait, but what if you have more than one co-host? Well, then what happens is that we have set up. Then in, we have tryouts like the Dark Knight. I was thinking something a little more easier. I thought it easier than that. What? We have set up in the back. We have the Thunderdome. <laughs> Two co-hosts enter. One co-host leaves. And then, well, so, without further ado, let us roll for the first time ever. I'm excited about this. It should be pretty cool. So. I'm kind of hoping that we get one of the uh, one of the special numbers just so we get to do it. Well, we will see. So, without further ado, if you do the honors, first time. All right. I'm rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Number 10. Roll again. Yes. All right. If it lands on every single one, it's going to be hysterical. Number seven, and number seven is, ooh, this is going to be kind of rough, especially for the insanity purposes, but number seven is going to be John Carpenter's They Live, a really fucked up movie about glasses and Roddy Piper beating the shit out of Keith David. 
All right. Well, if you're interested in doing that one, we can, but there's lots of lots of notes taking for that one because it's so fucking odd. All right. I don't know what to expect. I have no idea what this is. It's fucking trippy. So, I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Movie Review. It was a cool time, right? Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, this is a good movie, man. This was worth it, and hopefully next time it's going to be just as cool. So, without further ado... Alright, this is Cal, and my favorite quote from Desperado is Steve Buscemi saying to Cheech, Can I get a cleaner mug? This one's dirty. Fuck you, man. It's the cleanest one I got. And this is your host, Zan, with my favorite quote from Desperado. Take my car. That's what I bought it for. So, either way, we are Gonsville. Have a good day. I'm stripped of all my pride I stand here at your door Sick of all the lies Oh Let me come inside I couldn't see myself
just in case. It's a long ride to the next town.